The Blood Flow Restriction Podcast is brought to you by Saga, a world leader in innovative BFR technology. For more information on our Bluetooth-enabled auto-calibrating BFR cuffs, head over to our website at saga.fitness. And if you'd like to pick up a set for yourself, you can save 20% with the discount code BFRPODCAST. Welcome back to the Blood Flow Restriction Podcast. Today's topic is blood pressure, and I want to start off with a question. So pretend just for a minute that I'm your personal trainer, longevity coach, health coach, whatever you want to call it. And I ask you to do something and I say, hey, when you go do this, it is going to raise your blood pressure, increase systemic inflammation in your body, spike your blood sugar, trigger a sympathetic fight or flight response, and raise your heart rate. What would your response to me be? Probably no thank you, right? Well, it turns out general physical exercise, this is BFR aside, just general exercise can do all of that. That's right. The behavior that is widely understood to contribute to performance, uh, longevity, more favorable health markers, etc., can do all of that, at least transiently. And that's perfectly fine in most cases. It's just important to frame that before asking the question of whether or not BFR can increase blood pressure. Because a transient rise in blood pressure as a response to strenuous activities, not only expected, but necessary for your body to perform the task that you're asking it to do. The more appropriate question to ask is, does BFR training increase blood pressure beyond what intensity matched exercise does? And to that, the answer is likely no, but let's unpack it. Your blood pressure will generally temporarily increase in response to any moderate to intense exercise just due to the increase in your heart rate. So what blood flow restriction training can do is take that activity, whatever you're doing, resistance training, walking, aerobic capacity, work, etc., and it can make that activity more difficult. So imagine walking on a treadmill. Let's say you're doing several bouts of two minutes at two miles per hour. So you're going to walk, you know, you've got the treadmill set to two miles per hour. You walk for two minutes, you rest for a minute, and then you go back to another two minute walk. It's pretty easy, right? For most generally fit folks hearing that it does not sound like a strenuous session, but picture doing the same thing with BFR cuffs around your legs, restricting a certain percentage of arterial flow into your limbs, a bit more difficult. And if you can understand what's happening physiologically in that example, it's much easier to understand the relationship between blood flow restriction training and blood pressure. In the example without BFR cuffs, for most people, the intensity, or in this case, it would just be the speed would just be too low to create any sort of metabolic or circulatory burden. The demand for oxygenated blood in your legs would be easily supplied with a slight uh, increase in heart rate, and metabolites like lactate wouldn't even have the chance to accumulate, uh, so you'd be unlikely to feel any sort of burn. Those metabolites would be cleared before you would get to a point where you feel you know, your legs on fire. On the contrary, though, with the BFR cuffs, there are two mechanisms by which your blood pressure could theoretically increase from this. We'll stick with this example training bout on the treadmill. Mechanism number one is called the exercise presser reflex. So breaking this down, we know blood carries oxygen. And when you have pressurized cuffs around your legs, arterial blood flow is going to be significantly reduced. So less blood equals less oxygen. Less oxygen available to the muscle tissue can lead to accumulation of metabolites like lactate, like I was discussing a second ago. This is discussed in a 2018 meta-analysis on the blood pressure response to BFR, which we'll link this one in the show notes. Uh, this and all other studies we reference here, we'll link in the show notes. But they discuss that the metabolic environment uh, that's elicited here by 
exercise can increase the activity of the exercise pressure reflex, which what the exercise pressure reflex is, is simply a natural physiological reflex to exercise uh, that helps mediate your cardiovascular response. In other words, when your body detects this lactate accumulation, it responds accordingly to adapt to the task at hand, whatever task you're asking it to do. So this is discussed again in a 2008 paper by Mitchell and Smith. This one will be linked in the show notes. Uh, a direct quote on the exercise pressure reflex uh, here is, it induces elevations in heart rate and blood pressure predominantly by increasing sympathetic nerve activity. So if, if we go through that chain of events, it is BFR cuffs reducing blood flow into your legs. This creates a low oxygen environment, which leads to lactate accumulation. That presence of lactate triggers this exercise pressure reflex, which then increases sympathetic nerve activity, which of course increases your heart rate, which then increases your blood pressure. So it's sort of a, a chain of events um, that's put in motion by the, the simple fact that BFR can sort of replicate higher intensity training. So in the case of walking on a treadmill, the limited blood flow in your legs here because of the BFR cuffs would increase the likelihood that 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 chain of events would occur despite the fact that you know the exercise intensity is fairly low in other words BFR just made the workout more difficult leading to a similar blood pressure increase as an equally difficult workout would be without BFR so in other words if you were to just walk faster or at a greater incline on the treadmill so that's mechanism number 1 the exercise presser reflex the second mechanism that could lead to an increase in blood pressure from BFR training is a relative decrease in stroke volume. And in order to understand this portion, we first have to understand the term cardiac output. Many people are familiar with this term, but I always like to define terms whenever possible before moving on. So briefly, cardiac output is the product of heart rate and stroke volume. So heart rate times stroke volume. Uh, we all know what heart rate is, but stroke volume is just the volume of blood pumped out from each heartbeat. So you have a faster heart rate and a larger stroke volume that's gonna equal a greater cardiac output. In the context of BFR specifically, in most cases, blood flow restriction training involves fully occluding venous flow. So the blood that would typically leave your limbs and go back to your heart is fully occluded. So a consequence of that is that stroke volume doesn't increase as much as it typically would without BFR, since the BFR bands are preventing venous return. And with that stroke volume slightly impeded, the heart rate compensatorily increases. This is well documented in the scientific literature. I'm going to reference a 2021 systematic review here on the systemic effects of blood flow restriction. One of the systemic effects that they looked at obviously was blood pressure, um, and they included five studies that directly measured blood pressure responses to BFR. And on the cardiac output portion, this is a direct quote from the authors here. When evaluated together, these studies show that the application of BFR does not change cardiac output, but does decrease relative stroke volume amount and increase heart rate response accordingly to maintain appropriate cardiac output. And then when you look at, at their specific reference to blood pressure, uh, this is another direct quote from the authors. The studies included in this review suggest BFR using occlusion pressures of less than approximately 200 millimeters of mercury does not lead to detrimental blood pressure responses in healthy adults. Rather, BFR under these parameters causes similar blood pressure responses Brief pause, if you're enjoying the BFR podcast and want to learn more about BFR training, we've put together a free BFR ebook for you. The Comprehensive Guide to BFR Training covers everything from basics of BFR physiology to benefits, protocols, research reviews, and more. You can find a link to download it in the show notes or directly on our site at saga.fitness. All right, let's get back to the show. 
as traditional exercise when prescribed appropriately. So this is a consistent theme in BFR literature. The added stimulus of blood flow restriction training does not appear to elicit any sort of super physiological rise in blood pressure in non-hypertensive adults. Um, and any increases that we do see in blood pressure between BFR and traditional training can be attributed generally to just uh, the mechanisms that we've mentioned before. So the exercise pressure reflex and a relative decrease in stroke volume, which again are just a result of, when you put it simply, it's just BFR can take a traditional activity and just make it more difficult. So it's really just increasing the difficulty of the movement exercise session that you're performing. This is why it's always important to dive deep into study design and protocols used uh, because, you know, at first look at a surface level, you might see, oh, BFR increases blood pressure relative to traditional resistance or aerobic capacity training, but there's always other factors to consider. And that's, I mean, that's science, right? A systematic method of observation that quiets not only our biases, but in this case, the, the, the complex external world to make sure that we're only looking at relationships of the variables that, that are of interest to us. And when we do that and we cancel out the noise and we start to understand these mechanisms that we've already discussed, uh, we can go further and start to look at the fact that BFR training, the nature of it can lead to increases in blood pressure versus traditional training. Uh, and, and the nature that has nothing to do with the cuff itself uh, but the type of training that you generally perform under BFR. So let's let's get into that. We'll call this part three, sort of the nature of BFR training, being more conducive to potentially transient increases in blood pressure. To illustrate this next portion, I want to ask one more question. So how would you feel after a heavy set of five on back squat? We'll call it an eight, nine, even 10 RPE. You might be slightly winded, but overall, it's not too taxing, at least from a cardiovascular perspective. Sure, your legs are going to be fried, uh, but how hard you're breathing, it's not tremendously difficult. What about a set of 20 to 30 reps? This is well popularized by Stan Efferding. Um, if you've never tried it, you're in for a treat, I guess you could call it. Just the volume and the length of time that the set takes creates a significant demand for oxygen and the working muscles. It is quite difficult. So generally, if you were to test your heart rate, it's going to be much higher after a set of 20 to 30 at 20 to 30% of your 1RM than a set of five closer to your 1RM. And we know that the hallmark benefit, one of the hallmark benefits of blood flow restriction training is that it can lead to strength and muscle gain adaptations while training at those lighter loads, 20 to 30% of your 1RM. So as a consequence of that, most of the research done with BFR, they're not loading extremely heavy weights on the subjects. These are generally much lighter loads, which means higher reps and shorter rest periods. The 30-15-15-15 protocol is a common protocol in BFR training and research. That's one set of 30 with three sets of 15 following it, and you have 30 seconds rest in between each set. So high volume, low rest. Uh, it's going to be fairly taxing from a cardiovascular perspective. So when you, if you were to just compare that to you know, uh, a session with 70% of your 1RM, lower, uh, less reps, greater rest between sets, of course we would expect to see uh, lower, lower blood pressure response from that higher load session. But that's just a consequence of, again, the nature of BFR training. The sets take longer, the rest is generally shorter because we are trading some of that stimulus from mechanical tension uh, for a metabolic stimulus that we're, we're trying to replicate some of the muscle and strength building benefits via a metabolic pathway 
instead of directly and only uh, a mechanical tension pathway, or at least uh, further on the spectrum of metabolic. I think there's there's always a metabolic portion, uh, BFR training aside, and there's always a mechanical tension portion, BFR training aside. But we're, we're much further on the metabolic spectrum than we are on the mechanical tension spectrum. Now, this is not a certainty. There's no dogma here. I'm not saying that you you will guaranteed have a greater blood pressure increase from the BFR session versus the uh, traditional higher load. In fact, when you look at the research, um, in most studies where the control group trained at a high enough intensity, you know, there's there's other factors at play. High enough intensity, your BFR aside, you're going to have an increase in blood pressure. And in many cases, it, it matches or even exceeds the BFR groups, despite the fact that, you know, the BFR group is generally lower rest, higher volume, et cetera. Uh, so intensity obviously matters. Um, this was observed in a 2012 study, which we'll, we'll link in the show notes, uh, where they took 19 young men. They split them into two groups. They had the high-intensity training group, so they did 3 by 10 at 75% of their 1RM, and they gave them two to three minutes rest between sets. And then they had a BFR group, and they did, again, the 30-15-15-15 protocol, 30 seconds rest in between sets, and they did this, the exercise of choice was bench, and they did this uh, three times a week for six weeks. During the final set of each training session, blood pressure was actually higher in the traditional resistance training group, which reinforces the general premise that when intensity is matched, BFR does not appear to elicit any additional increases in blood pressure compared to traditional resistance training in healthy adults. So it might seem fairly contrary to what I've just discussed the last few minutes where I talked about, you know, the nature of BFR training being uh, more conducive, I guess, to, to blood pressure increases just because, you know, less rest, higher reps, et cetera. Uh, but again, we, we always have to take things into context. Uh, intensity matters. So when intensity is matched, it seems in many cases that the blood pressure response is very similar. And it, there are several studies where it has been greater than the BFR groups. Ultimately, science is a moving target, and we still have a ton to learn about the science and practice of blood flow restriction training. We'll continue to provide analysis on emerging literature as the relationship between BFR and blood pressure is investigated further over time. As we learn more, you'll be able to find breakdowns right here on this podcast. Until then, I hope this episode gave you some clarity on a much discussed and important safety consideration of BFR training. But you have a great week. Stay strong, and we will see you on the next episode in our educational series. As a disclaimer, this podcast and all information on Saga's podcast, website, and other platforms is for informational and educational purposes only and does not substitute professional medical advice or consultations with healthcare professionals.